Well, have you ever, um, I know we have some NASCAR fans here in the house, and um, come on, and uh, you love watching cars roll around in circles and stuff, and that is fascinating. It really is. And, and what I've noticed about this, if you've watched any bit of NASCAR, one of the most strategic parts of the race for any driver is what they call the pit stop, where he comes in at some moment and, and he, he, he comes into this place and just watching these guys swarm around his car is fascinating to see. It's just mind-blowing blow, how fast they can get things done. And they do all sorts of things. They come in there and they change the tire pressure sometimes or change the tires themselves or they adjust some kind of suspension going on or the aerodynamic devices need to be adjusted on the car or wipe the windshield off or clean out the radiator, you know, intake from debris or, or, uh, or just uh, give them gas. And they do all these things in just a few moments and then you, off the guy goes and he's back in the race again. And I think New Year time, this the first parts of the year are good moments to have pit stops. It's a good chance for us just to pull aside, pull away and just maybe hit the reset button and just reflect a little bit on our life. Pastor Kemp did a great job last week. Did you enjoy Pastor Kemp last week? What a blessing he is. What a blessing we are, man. We are blessed in this house with incredible teaching, but we, we need times where we can, we, can, we can reset, we can look at our goals in our life and our habits and our strategies and maybe reshape some things or maybe look at some things and refine them a little bit. Take a personal self-assessment. And if you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that. I, I encourage you to take some time and just reflect about where you are right now in your life and maybe where you're going. And not only that, but it's a time to adjust things like, you know, your mind in Christ. You know, where is your mind? Are you becoming like Christ? And are you getting the most out of the talents that God has given you? And are you focused on the things that matter to God? Or are you focused on things that matter to you? This is an important question. These are important questions to ask at this juncture of, of perhaps this year. For some, it's a great time just to discover that they even have a purpose or that they even have a ministry or they even have some kind of a mission assigned to them from God. Some people don't even realize that. I want to touch on that a little bit today. But the question I have to ask is, why do people have a hard time finding their purpose? Why is it hard for some people, you, you, some young people, especially college students, you know, going out of high school into college and, you know, they're just trying to figure things out. What, a, what, what am I going to do? All these questions, what, I, what do I want to be and what, what, what are my goals and what are my ambitions, what are my dreams and what, what, what are my future going to look like? And, and these are, we think, great questions to ask, but, but let me tell you something, it's really not a great question to ask because if you ask yourself these questions, you're going to probably get the wrong answer because your starting point is you. You can't ask questions of incredible importance such as your purpose and your mission in life by starting with you. It starts with someone else. Guess who that might be? Uh, it's church. Come on. It's an easy answer. It's God. You know, if, if you never know what to answer when you're in church, just say Jesus. It's probably going to be the right answer. <laughs> See, you didn't create yourself. And so, therefore, you can't 
tell yourself what your purpose is. When my purpose is discovered in God, then everything changes. I'm gonna read Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 and 12. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. We could just close our Bibles and go home right now. That's, that's all we need to know. It's in Christ we find out who we are, what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Oh, aren't you glad about that? He had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose. He is working out in everything and in everyone. So where, where is your purpose? What is your purpose? Because if you, if you don't know what your purpose is, then guess what? You're going to abuse your purpose. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you're going to abuse the thing that you have ownership of. A few weeks ago, uh, my granddaughter, you know I've got to bring my granddaughter into this, this, this talk here. And my little daughter, granddaughter, Ava Grace, my only granddaughter, she's discovered the beauty of the sound of tearing paper. And it's just like the sound. You know, she has no idea. She's like, this just sounds so good. And she can just, her, light, her eyes light up. She gets paper. Just, and, and then she's been tearing up paper all morning. And my, my wife was there. And my wife looked over. And she had gotten into her billfold. And she had found some, dollar, some bills. And she was, and my wife's like, no, stop. We don't tear that paper. But to Ava Grace, it's just paper. She has no idea it has monetary value and that, that toys in her future will either come or not come because <laughs> where your abuse is unknown, then where your purpose is unknown, your abuse is inevitable. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. There's a young lady's story is told that she, she, they got married and she just loved to sing. She sang all the time around the house and it just drove her husband crazy. And her husband told her, you know, I really would like you to stop singing. I, it just bothers me. I don't like your voice. He said eventually, I don't like the way, you, you're a bad singer, he said. And, and, and she was like, well, I don't care whether you think, and she just kept singing anyway. And it, anyway, just the marriage over time just got worse and worse. And finally, he kicked her out of the house. He said, I'm, you, we, we're gonna, this is it, over. And he, he, he kicked her out of the house. She got her life back together. A couple months later, she's at the grocery store. She's shopping, not even realizing she's singing as she's shopping. She, there, was a, there was a music producer that happened to be walking by, heard her beautiful voice, asked her to come into his studio, recorded a song with her, and signed her to a multi-million dollar contract. Guess who comes knocking on her door? Remember me, your ex-husband? See, when you don't know the purpose of something, you will abuse something. The Bible says, Job chapter 12, verse 10, in his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. You didn't create yourself, so you can't tell yourself why you were created. I wish the world would understand that. You cannot determine your purpose in life without the one that created you. Dr. Hugh Moorhead, philosophy professor at Northwestern Illinois University, Northeastern University, 
wrote to 250 of the smartest philosophers and writers and scientists in the world at that time. And he wrote a, a letter to them asking them, what in your opinion is the meaning of life? 250 of the most intellectual people in the world. What is the meaning of life? And he was gonna publish the findings that he came from the most intelligent people in the world. And to his shock and dismay came these responses. One, some of them offered their best guesses. I have no idea what the meaning of life is, but my guess is, they would go on to say. Some would write back and say, uh, to be honest, I've just admitted, I've just, I've just kind of made up uh, my own purpose. I, I really don't know what the purpose and meaning of life is. I've just kind of made it up. I'm not even sure I'm right. Another group of people wrote back and said, to be honest with you, we're clueless. We have no idea what the meaning of life is. In fact, some letters came back saying, we have no idea what the meaning of life is, but if you figure it out through the survey, let us know. Please write us back. These are the smartest, most intelligent people in the world, and this is the best you have? I have no idea. I'm clueless. Well, guess what? You're clueless because you don't know the one that made you. That's why you don't know the meaning of life. But you, here, here's the reality. You can be successful by the world's standards and still, and still not and know and totally miss your purpose in life. Because you were made by God, you were made for God, and it's only God how you, how you can discover your identity, you can discover your meaning, you can discover your purpose, you can discover your significance. With him, all these things that you long to know, you can know. You don't have to be a rich person to understand it. You don't have to be an intelligent person to get it. You can, all you gotta be is a person that's locked into God, and you can discover your purpose. Isn't that good news this morning for 2022? I believe it is. So I want to give you, real quickly, this is, this is going to be a, a game changer for some of you. I want to give you five reasons why you were created. Man, this is, this is going to be, listen, this, you don't have to thank me after this is over. We're just going to leave here and we'll just all be blessed. But five reasons why you were created. You had no idea. Here you're going to discover five reasons why you were created. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, just tap them on the shoulder and tell them, look out, this is going to get good right now. It's going to get good. Five reasons why you were created. Number one. You were created for God's pleasure. For God's pleasure. To become his friend. Abraham was called the friend of God. God would come in the cool of every day and walk with Adam in the garden. He created man in his image so he could have the pleasure of having a relationship with him. God created you for the pleasure of a relationship, to hear you, to know you, to, to speak to you, for you to speak to him. You were created for his pleasure. You were created to be a worshiper like that. It's just That gives him pleasure. What we did this morning is given God incredible pleasure. It showed him this morning, as we just worshiped the Lord, what we were doing, we were showing him, God, there is only one God, and you are our God. And we're so thankful and grateful for you. And God's like, oh, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. You know, I was in seventh grade and I took a class, it was called shop class. I don't even know if they teach shop, teach shop classes anymore. We had a shop and we would go to this shop at, at school in seventh grade and eighth grade and then high school. And, and, and we'd have these little classes and, and I remember that 
we, he was teaching us all about these tools in the shop and everything. And, and then, then the second half of the year, he said, now we're going to use these tools and we're going to build some things. And he goes, what we're going to do is we're going to build a, a napkin holder. And so I spent, you know, half of a year in that class building a, a like a little puppy dog napkin holder. And, 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 and then I had all cut out and sanded it down and varnished it and put some wood, you know, burnt, some, burnt the wood and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, man, when I took that home, you would have thought my parents thought I had just built the Empire State Building. I mean, they were like, look what our son did. Look at that kid. And they put it right there on the, on the, on the kitchen table. It stayed there all the time with... And, and it was the sorriest looking thing, but, but they thought it was amazing. It brought them pleasure. I don't think, look how much, I, how much pleasure I brought them. I, I mean, this is amazing. So I made, the next year, I made, I made a stool, you know, like a little stool you step up on and, and reach into the cat. And my mother put that in the kitchen, and, 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 and that was like, you know, everyone had to see the little stool. She used it all the time, had a little, open it up, you know, put stuff in. It was incredible. And, 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 and what happened was I, I brought her pleasure. I brought my family pleasure by just, you know, the things I was doing. I, I didn't I, I couldn't believe how easy it was to make him happy. <laughs> I just bring you a stool, you're happy. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, um, the little things make God happy. You, you don't have to do great exploits for, to give God pleasure. Number two, well, let me just read a couple of verses uh, before I go on. I'll just read one. Psalms 149, verse 4. The Lord takes pleasure in his people, he honors the humble with victory. That's beautiful. The Lord takes pleasure. Number two, why were you created to experience God's family? That's why you were created. We want to welcome those watching online, watching from our Baldwin County Jail. Thank you so much for watching with us. And we want to say you're our family. We want to reach out to you as well. Can we give our, our viewers a hand? Thank you. We love you. Appreciate you are our family. I was watching last week um, online myself, um, and man, I, I, I just was seeing all the comments being made there on, online. But we get to experience a place to belong. We get to experience a place to experience life together. I, I was not feeling well this, you know, during the holidays, and so um, I was like staying to myself and not being around people. And finally, when I said, I, I'm done, I'm, I know I'm, I'm good, I'm all well, and I'm going. So I came Wednesday night to, 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 uh, to our midweek Bible study. And uh, uh, Robbie Davis did a great job speaking. Man, what an incredible word he had. And it was a good time. And, but I'll be honest, and just be frank with you. I mean, I, I was feeling like blah. Have you ever felt just blah before? Just like, ugh. I mean, you, know, you, you don't feel good, you don't feel bad, you just feel blah. You just, I mean, I felt physically fine, but I just emotionally just felt like just blah, you know? And so I'm driving here and I come in and I start greeting people and seeing people and hugging people and shaking hands and talking with people and, and have, listening to a good word and we had a prayer time and then we ended and we, 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 I did that some more after we're done with some fellowship and, and then on the way home, I was like, I'm like, and I thought to myself, what, what just happened to me? 
You know what happened? I, I plugged back into my purpose because I was, I was born to be a part of the family of God. And I just said out loud, I don't even know, I was like down there by 59 and 12, I just said, I need the family. I said that out loud. There was no one in the truck. I said, I need the family. You need me. I need you. You need one another. We need each other. It is is what we were born for. You were created to be a part of the family. You were grafted into a vine, and you were grafted into Jesus and us into one another, and your joys become my joys, and your pain becomes my pain, and your sorrows become my sorrows, but we do life together. This is why you were created. Yeah. Ephesians 1.5, God has already decided through Jesus Christ that he would make us his children. In other words, he said, already decided he's gonna have a family and this was his pleasure and his purpose all along. Mm. Number three, you were created to become like Christ. God created you to become like him, to become transformed to allow your spirit to change your soul. I don't know if you know this or not, but you are a spirit being that has a soul, mind, will, and emotions that lives inside of a body. You are actually a spirit being having a human experience. You're not a human being as the world would like to tell you. You're not a human being, you're a spirit being that lives in a human body. And long after you die, this body dies, you will continue to live because you are a spirit being. You can't kill a spirit. And so God is teaching us to become like him. Look at this, Romans 8, 29 and 30. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. What is he doing? We're all in process. We're, we're, we're all becoming transformed like Christ. Sometimes when someone comes to you, and that may happen from time to time, and go, listen, have you, you know so-and-so? I mean, they're, they're really bothering me. You know, or they've done this, or they did that. Here's what you need to say. Two things. Number one, well, if you talk to them about that, that's one. And uh, usually they say no, and they walk away. Um, and, or, or number two, you say, well, look, Listen, you gotta understand, we're all in process. You know, we're, we're not there yet. We're all becoming like Christ. We're not, we're not there yet, but we're, we're in process. So it's a good word to remember. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're in process. Come on, just go ahead and tell them you're in, you're in process. My wife likes to make, you know, lots of goodies and, and stuff at, at the... Uh, in the holidays, she made a pecan pie, and she made an apple pie. You know, I love that my wife, no one makes an apple pie like my wife. I'm just gonna go give a shout out to my wife's apple pie. Nothing like her apple pie. And, 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 and she, 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 she made this apple pie this past, this past Christmas, and it didn't turn out to her liking. And to be honest, she asked me, are the apples okay? I'm, I'm like, what do you say? You know, it's like, ah, it's not the best it's ever been. 
but it's good. And she's like, I think I need to put it back in the oven some more. I don't know how many more times she put that thing back in the oven, but it wasn't her natural oven she used. It was someone else's, and it just didn't turn out quite right. But the point is, you know, we're all in process, and it, it takes, sometimes you got to be stuck back in the oven a couple more times. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're just not quite done yet. Just give me some time. I'm, I'm working on it. Come on, somebody. Just working on me a little bit. Number four, you were created to serve God. That's why you were created, to use what God gave you, to, to become a steward, to become a manager of your gifts and skills and talents and abilities that God has given you. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, before I made you, this is God talking to Jeremiah, this young man, before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, guess what? I set you apart for a special work. What encouragement that brings to every person to know that I was born for a special work, a special assignment that only I can do, only you can do, that only she can do. You were born for a specific purpose and underneath all of that purpose is this underlying thought that it's to serve the Lord. You weren't given these gifts and passions just to eat the, you know, the fruits of your gifts for yourself and to enjoy them all yourself. You were, you were given these give some talents to give it away. I find we've, we, many people have become very successful and their desire and dream in life was just to make lots of money and to have nice things and nothing wrong with all of that. But when they, when they got all of that and they became successful to the degree that they dreamed about and got all the nice things that they'd always wanted and then they're sitting back and enjoying what they had only to find that that didn't make them happy. To realize, you know, there's got to be something more. And then when they took the many, much of their resources that they had worked so hard for and turned around and began to invest into other people's lives and helping them build houses and get their, um, their, their family restored or get a vehicle or whatever it is, they begin to find joy rush into their soul. What they found out the hard way is that all along you were born to serve God. All along you were born to serve others and to give yourself away. That's why you were created. Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I mean, he's already set this thing up, and he's waiting for you to walk into some things he's already planned for you to do. Number five, I hope this is helping you. You were created to have a mission in life. What's the mission? To continue what Jesus started. To tell others that they have an opportunity to know the creator that made them. To have an opportunity to share it with others and ask them the question, do you know my good friend? Have I ever talked to you about someone that I love dearly? His name is Jesus. Have I ever taken a moment, my friend, I, we've worked together for several years to introduce to you somebody that means more than anything else in my life? What are you doing? You're actually taking what God has given you and you're now living on mission. You are literally a missionary in the world. While we were on 
a break, uh, holidays. We, our family, were at a restaurant in another state, and we were sitting there, and the waiter came, up, came by, and he had a T-shirt on and said, the church has left the building. And my middle daughter looked at that T-shirt, and she said, Dad, look at that guy's shirt. And I'm like, ah, I see. She goes, that's disgusting. <laughs> the church has left the building? She goes, yeah. I mean, he's knocking the church. That's terrible. I said, he's not knocking the church. I need that shirt. She goes, you need that shirt. Why do you need that shirt? Because the church is not a building. The church is outside the building. The church has left the building. She's like, oh, well, I need one of those shirts too. I said, yeah, we all need one of those shirts. <laughs> In fact, we church I used to pastor, we had a little sign on the door as you, as you walked out of the door of the church. I, we, I, I put it on there, these little words that said, it said, you are now entering into the mission field. We're all missionaries, come on. You don't have to go to a foreign country to be a missionary to tell other people about Jesus. You can just walk out of here and tell everybody you know and you're a missionary. Come on. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder, tell him you're a missionary. Come on, that means you. You're a missionary. Oh man, I got so much to share and I have no time to share. Oh Lord, help me. Um, we're gonna talk about Next week or the next time we get together, we're going to talk about running to the roar. I, I wanted to jump a little bit further into that this morning. But I, I do want you to know this morning as we get ready, in fact, we'll just go ahead and get ready to close. Worship team, if you could come. But I want you to know that you have a purpose in this world and a purpose in this life. And God wants you to know what that is. One of the reasons we fast and we pray and we set ourselves apart is because we, we want to hear God and we want to make sure that we are on point and we're not missing. We want to make sure we take these pit stops so we can get the maximum amount of energy out of the vehicle that God has given us. We don't want to keep running the race only to find out that we could have won if we'd have taken the appropriate steps in the pit stops, but we chose to ignore that and, and now we're last. It's important for us to realize that God's hand is upon us for a reason. He created us for a, a reason, that we are his workmanship prepared for things to do. If you're frustrated this morning, if you feel like, man, you're in that situation in your life where that's not happening, well, the good news is you can find out what your purpose and your plan is. You can find out what God's created you for. To live your life, this beautiful life that God's given us in the most blessed nation in the world without a, without a clue of why we were born at this time and this place and this season is a tragedy. In fact, Miles Monroe would say in one of his books that the richest, wealthiest piece of land in the world is not the diamond mines of Africa or the gold mines in other countries, but it's actually 
the cemeteries. A cemetery is the wealthiest plot of land in the entire world. Unfortunately, it's where books that could have been written were buried. And songs that should have been sung transpired and passed away. Where inventions that should have been invented never came into realization because they just buried it. They didn't know their purpose. They didn't know their plan. They didn't know the hand of God upon them was so great. You need to know what God's purpose is for your life. God wants you to know what your purpose is in life. And there's multiple ways you find it out. There's multiple ways that God reveals it to you. But I promise you this, if you long to know your purpose, if you long to know the reason you were created, that God will reveal that to you. I promise you that. No one's without exception. No one. He wants you to know what you were born for more than you want to know why you were born. He longs to speak into your heart that answer to your question more than you even want to know. That's how desperate he is for you to know your purpose. So with every head bowed and eyes closed this morning, please no moving around if you don't mind, just for a moment. I ask a question, first of all, to those that may not even know Jesus because it all starts there. Your purpose starts by knowing him. This morning, I invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ, your God, your Father, the one that created you, the Heavenly Father, and you come to know him through Jesus. And this morning, if you would say, Pastor, I want to know him. I want to know God the Father. Then today, let's make that a prayer and let's invite him into your heart. So if that's you this morning, without any fanfare, no standing up or anything, but just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray with me right where I'm sitting to know Jesus as the Lord of my life? Just raise your hand real high. I want to know Jesus. I want to know him as the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on. The others, yes. Amen. Anybody else? Come on. I want to know Jesus. Yes. Yes, in the back. Yes. Anybody else? I want to know him as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I want to lead us all in a prayer, but especially those that raise your hand. It's called a salvation prayer. This is, the, this is the prayer where you lay your life down. This is the prayer. This is the moment where you say, I'm not going my way anymore. I'm going to go his way. In fact, the word repent means to turn 180 degrees. You're walking one way, but you repent. You ask him into your heart, and you turn around, and you start walking a whole other way. And so that's the prayer. We're going to pray. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, can we all say this together? Lord Jesus, I give you my life and ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. Take control of my life and be my Lord. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. 
and amen. Thank you for praying that prayer. Thank you for praying that prayer with me. In fact, we're so serious about that prayer that you just made that we do not want you to leave without stopping by our tent on the way out. We want to give you a Bible. We want to give you your own Bible. We want to give you a little bit of literature so you can read and just understand literally what you just did because you're our family now. You're our brothers and you're our sisters and we're glad to have you in the family. Welcome home. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. So for all of us, the rest of us, you know, I think, I think that struggle, especially young people, struggle, what is my purpose? What is God's plan for me? Not all, but some. Some really struggle with that. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not limited to just young people. It lasts sometimes our entire lifetime. But today, I'm welcoming you as well into a journey to understand your purpose, why you were created, to know that reason. Mm. The Bible likens the word sin, it's the Greek word harmatia, which means to miss the mark. It's an archery term that they, it's the best way they knew to understand sin is, is to explain it because they all understood that like an archer, he has a, a bullseye he aims for. That's the, God's purpose for you. God's purpose is for you to hit a, a certain target that he has for you to hit. Unfortunately, sin comes into our life. We allow it, and it begins to take the arrow, not very, not very quickly, but over time, way off the mark, and over time, we miss the mark. Today, I'm calling you back into the mark. I'm calling you back into the life of hitting the purpose that God has for you. I want you, I need you to walk in every aspect of God's plan for you. This community needs you to walk in your purpose. Your husband, your wife, your children, your coworkers need you to walk in the purpose in which you were created to walk in. And, and, and that should be so important to you that it's more important than anything else. Hmm. I, I gotta give one last story, I can't help it. The story is, I, I think it's Aristotle, Socrates, one of those philosophers. And of course, back in those days, they would have people that would follow them and, and they, would, they would long to be students of their teachings. And there was this particular student following Aristotle, Socrates, he was constantly going, I want to be your student, I want to be your student, I want to, I, want to, I, I want to be your student, I want to learn, I want to learn, I want to be your student, teach me, teach me, teach me. He was just annoying him, annoying him, annoying him. He was, one day he was walking down by the, by the coast, the water, and this guy's following him, would you, would you just let me be your student? And he, and he turns a hard right and starts walking Socrates into the water. And the guy's following him, he's like, well, well what's he doing? I, hey, hey, listen, would you please let me be your student? He follows him into the water, gets him about, about chest deep. Aristotle turns around and grabs him and puts him under the water. And the guy's staring up and he can see him through the water. And now over time, he's like, well, I can't breathe. And he struggles and struggles and finally throws his hands off and he comes in, he's gasping for him. He goes, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? And Aristotle said to him, until you want truth as bad as you want air, you can't follow me. Until you want to know your purpose as bad as you want air, you may never know it. But when you set your mind on knowing the exact purpose and reason you're here on this earth, then you will find it. Because God wants you to know it. Now with that sobering thought, if you truly, I want to pray a prayer with you. We're going to have our, our prayer team's going to come. But you say, man, Pastor, I, I really, I want to start my journey of knowing my purpose. That may not be everybody here. It might be a few. But right where you are, I'd just love for you to stand right up. I want to know my purpose. Pastor, I want to know my purpose. Amen. 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 Mm. Amen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man. So all I can do, I can pray, but what you can do is you can offer yourself a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service unto the Lord. And so I just want you to join with me, and I, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. All right, it's just like a, it's like a symbol. God, I need you. So Father God, you see our hands here this morning. And many are standing all across this room because they long to know their purpose. Father, we, we don't want to rent space on this earth and, and abuse the very reason we're here. So Lord, we submit ourselves to you and we ask you, God, help us. Speak to us, Father God. Begin to put your finger, Holy Spirit, on areas of our life that we need to just to kind of vacate from and remove and, and which will allow us, Lord God, to hear and understand and to, and to walk and discover the plan that you have. Holy Spirit, show us. Show us our place. Show us the plan. Show us the things that you have already prepared for us. We're here. We want to know. And let the journey begin today of knowing this is why I'm here. This is why I'm alive. We come against the powers of darkness, the strategies of darkness that would come against our lives and try to abort the very plan that you have for us, God. And we say no more. No more will we walk in darkness. No longer will we walk in compromise. No longer will we walk in this, this attitude of, I just don't care. In Jesus' name, change us today. Thank you. Thank you for that, Lord. We praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen, church. Come on. Turn your neighbor. Give him a high five. Tell him your purpose is coming. Come on. Your purpose is coming. God bless you. Come on. Let's worship the Lord just a moment.